Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Tara Hisson. She is an NLP trainer and master coach who is helping millennials in tech go from feeling stuck in the rat race to living a life they're obsessed with so they can show up authentically and step into their power. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yes. Can you share your story with us and how you got to where you are today and being a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, where do I start? I started out graduating from college with a business degree. And soon after that, I started working for a company called Sherwin Williams. And I never really talk about this part of my uh, my past, but I worked with them for about six years and then I quit and I left and moved to Dubai. And this was when I was like around 26 years old. And I moved to Dubai and landed a gig with Microsoft. And when I worked at Microsoft, I was there for about two and a half years. I worked as a marketing communications manager. And that was a very, very fun role. I enjoyed working at Microsoft. And when I was at Microsoft, I realized that there was more to life than working for corporate. And I realized that that's something that I just didn't want to do. Even though I attempted to climb up the ladder, it just wasn't for me. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave Microsoft. I actually jumped into another corporate gig for about another year. And I got lucky financially. And that's when I decided, all right, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm going to be a corporate dropout. So I dropped out of corporate and I started my own business as a personal trainer in Dubai. And I did that for about a year and it was fun. It was very time consuming and it just drained my energy that after a year I was like, okay, something's got to give because I can't keep doing this. You know, I would wake up early mornings, go train my clients, drive from one place to the next. And, you know, when you have seven clients a day, that's seven hours of time and energy that you're giving to your clients. And then another seven hours on top of that drive time. So I was completely like destroyed with energy. So I decided to move back to the US in March of 2019 with the intention of moving into online coaching and just doing the nutrition thing. Cause at the time I was a certified nutritionist as well. And so I did that and through my journey and through my experiences, I hopped into a mastermind. And then I realized that there's so much more than just nutrition. And I got into the world of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and I took that to the next level and became an NLP trainer and master coach. And so that is that is how I got to where I am today in a nutshell. It's an amazing journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and walking through that now, uh, what are you grateful for? Wow. I'm grateful for everything. Honestly, I actually wrote on my Facebook yesterday that, you know, college for me, in hindsight, looking back at it, it was such a waste of energy, was such a waste of time for me. And on the flip side of it, 
I'm so grateful that I got to experience college the way I did because it got me to where it got me through the journey that I was, that I went through, like going through different experiences in the corporate world and learning a little bit more about myself. I'm just grateful that I was able to actually embark on the journey that I did in life, you know, like move to Dubai and leave the U S behind and experience something so different and just being alone, being alone and meeting all sorts of people and traveling the world and, I'm grateful for everything. So what are some of the top ways that keep us from reaching our full potential? Okay. So I would actually like to answer that with, you are the only person that's standing in your own way. And I know it sounds like, like, but how am I the only person standing in my own way? And really it's about all of the things that you go through in life and whether you hold on to the pain, whether you hold on to the anger, sadness, fear, guilt, shame, if you're holding on to all of those emotions, then you're by default being at the effect of everything that's happening in your environment. And so moving forward is not even an option, right? So you get you get stuck in your stuff. And when you get stuck in your stuff, you block, you roadblock yourself. And so then it it doesn't allow you to take action. And so really what needs to happen is you need to clear what's inside so that you can take action to get the results that you want. How do you get unstuck from a negative attitude to a positive attitude? The way that you move from being stuck to unstuck is really starting to live at cause for everything that's happening in your life. And when I talk about being at cause, I mean, taking full responsibility. For, your, for the actions that happen around you, whether it is your fault or it's not your fault, because everything happens for a reason. You know, say, for example, something comes up at work and your boss is acting out or just not giving you the credit that you deserve. So a question to ask yourself is, for what purpose is this being sourced right now in my life? For what purpose is this happening? And then you take a step back and look at it from like you're dissociating from your life and looking at it from a lens through a picture, like, okay, for what purpose is this happening? What do I see in my boss that I see in myself, right? For what, why is this coming up right now? And then you kind of take a step back and look at it, be like, okay, it's X is happening. So this is how I'm going to react. Or you can look at it as, X is happening, and this is how I'm going to take action to solve that problem. So it's looking at life through a different lens and being at cost for everything that's happening to you rather than pointing and blaming others for the problems that you have. So when you're working with clients, what are some of the ways that you help them with NLP? The the basis of NLP is really understanding the person's model of their world. So how does one look at the way they do life? And how can I help them reframe the way they look at life and make it a positive outlook? So that's how ultimately and effectively I help them is how to how do they better communicate with others and how do they communicate with themselves most importantly? And learning how to reframe from living in that negative world into uh, what if you look at it this way? 
rather than looking at it from the same lens that you've been looking at for eternity or for you know the lifetime that you've been there. There are also other tools and techniques that I leverage, such as timeline therapy. So helping them with their timeline and releasing a lot of their negative emotions and limiting decisions and beliefs that they've already have about themselves and allowing them to move forward, no longer feeling trapped within their negative emotions or limiting decisions. What are some strategies to help with your mindset, especially for those people that maybe they their default is to look at what could go wrong? Let's say their their default is what could go wrong. And they they look at everything from that perspective and it's almost a reactive, I've got to prepare for what could possibly go wrong. How can you kind of shift that mindset and how can you keep yourself motivated to stay in a positive mindset? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the way that I like to look at it and when I do work with my clients, I always ask them, okay, so what's the problem? How is it a problem? Okay. So what's the best case scenario, right? Not even jumping into the worst case scenario, because most people are always thinking, what's the worst case scenario? What what could happen? Rather than thinking, what's the best case scenario? If I do this, what's the best case scenario? So really just reframing them to look at a positive light and knowing and believing that that's actually what's going to happen because what you focus on grows. And so if you're constantly focusing on the negative aspects of your life, then, hey, guess what? That's what's going to happen in your life. Now, motivation is just a feeling and it comes and goes, right? And so one way that I can help them get to that motivation is by the process of anchoring and chaining anchors. And and it's also a technique that we use in NLP. And what it is, is basically I'm installing anchors in, you know, one's knuckles moving from procrastination all the way towards motivation. And so when you look at procrastination, that's an internal programming. And so we're rewiring that so that when you want to feel motivated, you, you know, at the touch of your anchor, you feel motivated and you feel like you're ready to get pumped and go. So there are different techniques from a neurological aspect that you can get motivated, but honestly, motivation is just a feeling. It's about what are your goals? What are your outcomes? What are your values? What do you value most to actually get the outcomes that you want? And so that's really important. It's about really diving deep, deeper under the surface of that motivation of that feeling What is it that you really want to achieve in your life? I think that's a really important question. And most people, if I were to ask them, what do you specifically want, are going to respond with all the things and all the things that they don't want. So um, what are some of your client testimonials? Well, some of my client testimonials are, thank you so much for giving me those tools when I was going through the hardest times in my life. I was able to just hit that anchor, get myself back into a state of positive action and take action and just keep thinking like, okay, what is the best case scenario and not really go back to that dark place that they've been in. So those are some of the testimonials that I get. 
I like that. And I think, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about this, that my dad worked for Tony Robbins since I was 13. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I've done, my dad was always after me with the anchors. You know what? Anchoring really does work. It's so powerful. Um, like even before our call, I was like, all right, got to get into a positive, motivated state. Um, more of like a powerhouse. So I've built like this resource anchor where I just stacked the most powerful anchors, stacked them on top of one another, one another. And it's just like, you just hit that anchor and it just gets you in like a powerful mindset, powerful state. Yeah, definitely. It really does work, but especially when you're going through the hardest times in life, I think that it's to be able to harness that power and to be able to have the tools to be able to do that is really, really helpful. Yeah. Especially like, you know, if you wake up in the morning sometimes and you're like, woke up on the wrong side of the bed or in a bad mood and Hey, you have that resource anchor and you hit it and you're just like, yeah, I feel like a rock star. I'm ready to just go. So, um, why did you decide that you wanted to help millennials that are specifically in tech? I decided millennials in tech because that used to be me and I know them very well. Like I went through the complete burnout where you get in like the tech industry is, I would have to say it's, it's a, it's a breed of its own in a sense where when you work for a tech company, you're literally giving your all and then some. And oftentimes what happens when you work for that tech company is if you don't know how to set boundaries with your boss, or you don't know how to set boundaries with your colleagues, you will be you will end up wearing multiple of hats and i find that there's a lot of people millennials especially that work in tech don't have the capabilities of setting boundaries and they don't have the capabilities of being a leader so say for example nowadays in tech millennials are leaders and they're running teams of 5 or 10 people underneath them and they don't know how to communicate effectively, and they don't know how to properly lead their team because they're used to doing the work themselves and wearing all of these hats. So that's where I step in. I step in and I empower them to find their voice and really step into their power and build the communication style that they want so they can lead their team to get and produce the results that the company needs. So if there's somebody that's out there right now that's listening that they're in tech and they do kind of feel that where you know they're burning candle at both ends, what what's one piece of advice that you would give to them? Take a step back and reassess where you are, what you specifically want, how it feels to have what you want and what what is it going to take to get there? You know, like really sit back and and reassess and dig deep. And it's these questions are are not like, oh, I want X. No, what is it that you specifically want? Like dig deeper, get vulnerable with yourself. And most people nowadays don't get vulnerable with themselves. Um, I believe the emotional intelligence out there could be stronger. Uh, And when you work on personal development and inner growth, you really, really get to be vulnerable with yourself and dive deeper, dig deeper into answering those questions on a deeper level so that you know exactly what it is that you specifically want so you can move forward. And really like put yourself in a place like, what will you see, hear, and feel when you have what it is that you want? Like, how will that make you feel? Yeah. What is the internal self-talk that you're going to have? 
And what are you going to hear from other people? And what are you going to see when you have it? And have you had it before? If you've had it before, you know, for what purpose don't you have it now? Yeah. I think that when you're at that rate, working so hard, you're a high performer, high achiever, that sort of thing. I think a lot of people in those positions by default, ignore how they're feeling, or they might just temporarily medicate how they're feeling. They'll go shopping, they'll drink alcohol, do something temporary to make themselves feel better. We both know that unless you start to investigate really what you're feeling and start processing that, you, you don't ever run into the true answers that you actually need. Oh, you're so right with that. And it comes down to like your health as well, right? So you end up investing your money on things that don't benefit you. Like you said, like you mentioned, like going out drinking or shopping, and that's just kind of like a filter, right? To make you feel good in that moment because you're reacting based on emotions. Mm -hmm. And when you react based on emotions, you're not really doing what serves you as a human being. And because, you know, you don't know any better. Like I, I know a lot of people in tech that I've worked with and they're like, yeah, I want to lose weight. You know, before that I used to do nutrition and it would be like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do nutrition. And then it's like, oh, I hired a personal trainer. I spent so much money on a personal trainer. And, and I'm looking at them like, did you like, aren't you worth that investment, like this is an investment in yourself, you know, it's like, yeah, but it was so much money. It was $2,000. And I'm sitting here thinking like, Hmm, if only you knew how much I've invested in myself to get to the level where I am today. Right. Because you could sit here and invest, you know, thousands of dollars on a personal trainer or a nutritionist and lose the weight and feel good about your body. However, if your behavior doesn't change through that process, then you're just going to go back to your old pattern, right? Because ultimately, effectively, you're saying, okay, I'm going to do this for 12 weeks. I'm going to get the results that I want. And then what? What happens? You got those results because you were following a diligent plan that wasn't changing your behavior, that wasn't really benefiting you in the long term. What if you actually got on a plan that actually changed your focus, that changed your behavior and got you those results that you wanted? And then that became your feedback loop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's always got to be that at a deeper level. We yeah. Never solve our problems on, on that surfacey level. Although we like, we, we like to try. What yeah. do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? Wow. That's, that's a very powerful question. So the biggest thing for me is, and I discovered this during my trainer's training, 18 days of becoming a trainer, an NLP trainer was one of the most intensive trainings that I've ever done in my life. It outweighs going to college for four years. I learned so much, not just about myself. I learned how to actually learn and apply my learnings where in college it's kind of almost like a corporate rat race, right? Like they're priming you to be in that corporate rat race, like do this, do that, and not really learn what you're doing. And what I found was missing was the critical thinking. And so that's what NLP was able to do for me. And one of the biggest learnings that I came out of this was that I actually do have a voice. And that I am a powerful woman. And somewhere along the way, I forgot that. And that's 
that training ignited that inside of me that, wow, I actually do have a voice that gets to be heard and I am powerful and I'm ready to be that powerhouse and share my voice and change and help people transform their lives and transform the planet. That's really good. So if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice, maybe when you were in that situation in tech and you're overwhelmed, what would it be? Clear your stuff. Really get to a place where you can clear all of your stuff and like recognize that that stuff is really happening rather than suppressing your emotions and suppressing everything that's happened to you deal with it, right? Because you get to clear all of that and then you get to take actions and then that, that's when you get results. Yeah, that's really good. And so many people like don't know that they've got stuff to clear, you know? Yeah. I, I think that would that definitely was me until I was 46 years old and and I'm like, oh my gosh, awakening. <laughs> but um, yeah, we definitely, it, that, that self-awareness piece, I think for some of us, it takes a little bit longer than others. But it totally uh, does, Amy. You're so right. I mean, it took me 33 years to figure that out. Like when I moved back from Dubai, I was in like a really, really deep, deep, dark place. It felt it felt like I was literally being pulled by like eight tentacles into like the deep blue sea, you know, pulling me from every single direction and like just pulling me down and embracing me with the resistance and embracing me with like the darkness. And and I didn't realize that until I moved back and I hit the reset button. And I went from living such a high, fast, cosmopolitan pace lifestyle to living a suburban lifestyle. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and you don't realize that because we often think we know what's best for us and we often keep busy, right? We stay busy to not focus on what's actually really going on internally in our hearts inside of us and really sitting down and listening to what our unconscious mind is telling us because 96% of communication is done unconsciously mm -hmm. and we don't listen to that, right? Yeah. We're, we're consciously on autopilot doing the things that we know because it's consciously, we're consciously competent. We're just unconsciously incompetent. So yeah. It's amazing to me how many things that we do in life or things that repeat. Like I used to say to myself, why do all these things happen to me? Like all of these <laughs> negative things, why are they happening to me? Now in hindsight, I know why, because I was uh, choosing those things and attracting those things based upon things that I had never dealt with or I didn't even know that I dealt with that had to be, that were like deep, you know, until I got to that point where I was able to, you know, like even have the, the tools, the awareness, all of that to deal with those deeper things. I just thought that bad things just kept happening to me. And, and now I realized, no, I was actually choosing and attracting those things because I had no way to, I, there was no, I had no filter, you know, like I wasn't, I didn't see things like red flags and I didn't see people like that. There were people out there that were evil or bad or would want to do something bad to somebody. I, I just saw everyone was doing their best and nobody was trying to hurt each other. Like I was so naive and I lived in this kind of, yeah, it was kind of a naive state in a way and surrounded by people that were abusive and toxic and all of this kind of stuff. And I had no clue, no idea. And I kept thinking, why do these bad things happen to me? 
never put two and two together. Well, could be because you're surrounded by really toxic people that keep doing bad things. Never even thought about it. I just thought that this is the way that life was. And so, yeah, it's amazing how when you get more and more enlightened and you start to realize, okay, I'd like to believe that the world is full of love and everyone's love and everyone does their best and all this kind of stuff, but that is not the reality. And unless you wake up, you know, you're, you're just a walk walking around, opening yourself up to things that there's no protection there for you. Yeah. You're so right. And like, you know what, you nailed this one on the head because you said earlier, you have a choice, don't you? We all have a choice. We all have a choice in the matter, whether we want to live and surround ourselves amongst negative people or we can actually get ourselves out. And like, I know there are some people that say, Hey, it's really difficult to get out of the situation. And is it, or are you choosing to put yourself in that situation? Because of fear because of whatever fear is going on in your head. Like, are you afraid? Do you actually enjoy what you're going through? Like there's, there's deeper questions to ask, but you always have a choice and you just have, it's like perception. I truly believe in the Carl Jung, like perception is projection. So what you see in others is what you see in yourself. So if you see a light in someone else, that light is also in you. And it's extremely powerful that when you start living your life in that manner and just being at cause for everything that's going on, whether, you know, and, and some people, and I don't want to go into like negative IRs or internal representations. And when people are going through really rough patches or abuse or anything, it's, you know, you, you take a step back and say, I have a choice. I can get out of this. And you can, because you are powerful. You have that power inside of you. It's just maybe somewhere along the way, you forgot about that power that you have inside of you. There was a psychiatrist that came on my podcast a couple episodes ago that was saying about how a lot of times we will subconsciously try to be bringing resolution to our childhood traumas. For example, she had used an example of a guy who said, um, he really believed growing up that his parents were incapable of doing anything right. And because he had that internal belief and judgment on his parents, he every single job that he chose was to work with people that were that were incompetent. And so she brought that up to him and she and she said, in order for you to keep trying to resolve this inside of you, you're going to keep having to work with people that you believe are incompetent and in doing their job. And you're going to keep repeating this over and over again and be miserable or you can uh, now choose to go work with competent people yeah, and those that you believe are competent and break that cycle. And it's some of it is just that level of awareness of what you're doing. And that's the same in relationships. Okay. So why am I choosing somebody that, you know, isn't very uh, loving to me? What am I trying to resolve? Oh, I've experienced this when I was younger and I'm now I'm trying to resolve it as an adult. And you can step back and go, okay, I'm going to resolve this within myself and stop, stop trying to recreate this, but it's, it's at that subconscious subconscious level. So we operate that way until you get that awareness. Absolutely. And, and you know what, most, most people don't trust their unconscious minds yet. Right. You know, you just know like what it's your intuition, your unconscious mind is your intuition. It's your divine self. It's your higher self. However you want to look at it, 
it's that voice that actually gives you the answers because your unconscious mind knows everything. You have the answers from within. And it's your conscious mind that actually suppresses your unconscious mind, right? So whenever you have the right answer, how many times, like if you were taking a test and you knew the answer and then you're like, no, it's not the answer. And then it's like, yes, it is the answer. And then you just like going back and forth. It's because your conscious mind is really entrapping you with your unconscious mind so that you don't trust your unconscious mind. So trust your unconscious mind because it's powerful. You are powerful. You know what? Going back to the psychiatrist that you were talking to, I had a client that, so through timeline therapy, I released negative emotions and I released anger for her. And we were sitting there and it's not a conscious exercise. It's an unconscious exercise. So it's me having a conversation with your unconscious mind and helping you float up above your timeline to release anger. And once her unconscious mind was ready to release the anger and we released it, there was um, a resolution to when we would start talking about her brother. She no longer felt this rage inside of her. She no longer felt uncomfortable and just wanted to just not talk about her brother anymore. It was like a calmness. You know, she took the positive learnings from that and she just is now totally cool to talk about him without feeling anger. Like that anger is no longer there for her. That rage on the inside is just gone. And that was so extremely powerful because in that moment, she was just like, wow, I can think about it and not get angry. I can talk about it and not get angry. I can even be around my family and not get angry. And that's the power of timeline therapy and really helping someone release their negative emotions without having to relive those traumatic events. So Tara, if there are people that are listening that want to get more information and work with you, what's the best way to contact you? So shoot me a DM on my Instagram, evolve with Tara, E-V-O-L-V-E with Tara, um, T-A-R-A. And just shoot me a DM. I'd love to just have a chat with you, see where you are, where you want to get to. Um, I am actually running an NLP practitioner training in February. So that could also be something that would benefit you long-term, right? Because I'll teach you all the tools and how to communicate effectively with others and how to leverage these tools for yourself so that you can take action. So you can clear, take action, get the outcomes that you want. Perfect. Tara, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and your journey and uh, all, all the ways that you're able to help people get unstuck and start to achieve their dreams. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm so grateful and appreciative for your time and energy today. Yes, definitely. And if you're listening and you want more information about our podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week.